0: Hi, I'm Kara Kilmer. I play Sylvia Bread on Chicago Fire, and you are listening to Mina Semolis. You're standing to your And to me, there's nothing more important. Not gonna be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's gonna be a hell of a ride.
1: Hey, everybody, welcome to episode 93 of Meet Us at Molly's. Tonight, we're going to cover episodes 13. So 413, 713, and 613. As always, I'm one of your hosts. My name is Gina. I'm not sick anymore, so I don't sound like a man. Woo! <laughs> I'm joined by Bryna.
0: Hello, everybody.
1: And we've got an eventful night ahead of episodes to discuss.
0: So much um, to talk about. I feel
1: like at the end of this outline there is a Chicago PD sized elephant in the room. Yeah. Like, just waiting for us.
0: Yeah. I almost thought about moving it to the very first thing we talked about, but then I decided against that. I just I think it's better to be saved last.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is. And we'll include timestamps in the notes of this episode. So if you want to just skip right ahead to PD, you can. Um obviously You know, it was a very, very, very heavy episode on Wednesday night, Um, and we'll get to it. I mean, obviously, if you've seen, I assume that if you're listening to the episode, you've already seen the episode, so you know what happened, but we'll get there. So, as always, we like to start with the news, and that is exactly what we're going to do. We've got episode 14 descriptions and photos for all three shows. So, we're going to start off with Med. Brian, do you want to cover Med?
0: Yeah, so Med's episode is called Can't Unring That Bell, Um, and the description is Will's personal issues continue to interfere with his relationship with Natalie and life at the hospital. Dr. Becker tries to mend things with Dr. Rhodes. Goodwin questions Maggie's life-threatening decision, and Dr. Charles tries to lend a hand to the daughter of a new friend. Interesting. Interesting very interesting. So, well a-
1: just, will.
0: I know. And I'm assuming that means Maggie's going to give one of her what was it, a kidney?
1: Yeah, um if you saw did you see the promo for this episode that aired at the end of Med? Maybe. I don't remember Yeah, that's exactly what they're implying is that she's she's going to give her a kidney.
0: I just <laughs> this- Yeah. Crazy.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's your it's your average episode of med is what this sounds like. Yeah. Manstead, I just.
0: We'll okay. get there.
1: Oh, we will get there. We will still get there. So fire, their episode is entitled. It wasn't about hockey. And this is the road trip episode. So Brett Foster and kid take a road trip to Indiana for a getaway and encounter a bus accident involving a boys hockey team that will leave them scrambling and relying on their instincts to save those hurt in the accident. The rest of Firehouse 51 competes in the annual chili cook-off. My first question here is, what is considered a getaway in Indiana?
0: Well, is it Brett from Indiana? Yes. She's probably got some, like, hidden what she thinks is like a gem and she's like oh we should go to this like spa in whatever backwoods indiana i don't know it's brett yeah. like but this is definitely a brett suggestion for sure
1: <laughs> i feel like you probably nailed nailed it on that one so that it sounds like it'll be good though i mean i know we always love a good road trip episode
0: yeah and i wonder if the hockey team crash if that was inspired by the um humboldt crash from was that last year the canada, canada? yeah the humboldt crash yeah that I was definitely was. last year wasn't it that was not 2017
1: no i think it was 2018
0: yeah so i wonder if that was like what inspired this hmm. i don't know interesting
1: i feel about this setup the same way i used to about royal pains where you know Hank would always, like, there was always a medical emergency that would happen when Hank was around. And I was like, can he live? Can he just, like, live his life without having to play doctor at every single moment? And so this one, I'm like, can they live? Can they just take a vacation? They just have to stumble upon disaster all the time?
0: Apparently not.
1: It's okay. I understand it would be boring if, you know. (laughs) Yeah. This is TV,
0: Gina. Gosh. I know.
1: How dare I want things to be happy and easygoing? I know. I know. I know. Speaking of happy and easygoing, let's talk about PD. Oh. <laughs> Brian, will you talk about this one?
0: Yeah. So this one is called Ties That Bind. Um, and the description is, The team travels to a Wisconsin gun show to take down a supplier who's manufacturing cop-killer machine guns. Before going undercover together, Burgess, Burgess discovers that Upton is dating Ruzik. Dun-dun-dun.
1: Burgess is going to get that super awesome piece of information before she and Upton are, like, abducted and stuck together? Yup. That sucks.
0: And then she's going to be forced to deal it, with it because she's stuck with Upton.
1: I mean, if anybody's going to handle this like an adult, it's going to be Kim. Yeah. But still, she doesn't deserve that.
0: Yeah. No. It's just, like, and also, the first thing, it's funny. The first thing when I saw that they are like, Well, I thought of two things. When I saw that they were traveling to a Wisconsin gun show, I was like, well, and usually in all the Linstead fan fiction that I read is where Jay and Aaron go to escape when they try to go on vacation is Wisconsin, because Jay has that cabin. (laughs) That's literally the first thing I thought of. And then second, I was like, is this the first time a Chicago show has not ever been in Chicago? I think so. Well, like, technically, both of these, the fire episode, they're going to Indiana. And then this, they're going to freaking Wisconsin. Like, what is it with the, like, traveling out of the state this week?
1: I want to say that there's one episode when Upton came in and Aaron was still around, where Upton and Aaron went over to Indiana to investigate. They had a suspect or something, and they went over to Indiana. I think, I think I'm right on that. I could be wrong. Um. Have right, to I back. think I remember them crossing state lines but like don't they lose jurisdiction at that point like you can't really arrest them right like they're not like... oh no but they worked with the police they worked with the local police
0: right I guess that's the only case our only way because like, they're not FBI so they can't just like travel across state lines and still have the same right right yeah I don't know. I'll be interested, but I literally I see Wisconsin and I first think Linstead fanfiction, and then I was like, "What the hell? They're going out of state."
1: <laughs> poor Linstead, or not Linstead. Poor Jay. I
0: know. Well, I'm really poor Jay next week because you saw those promo pictures. Jay and Adam yes. are going to lose their shit.
1: <laughs> they are going to lose their shit. Yes, indeed.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. I don't know. And uh, I mean, in the promo, you know, you see Haley's bleeding pretty badly so
0: yeah burgess has the chance to escape and she chooses to stick it out
1: hey i told you she's 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 the adult in the room like she's she's gonna she's gonna stick around but i'm secretly hoping that ruzik runs to burgess first i don't think that's gonna happen but i'm secretly hoping that that's the case and it's not a secret now because i just said it so (laughs) Whatever, man. I don't know. I would really like it if Haley was like, yeah, Ruzik and I are dating, but truth be told, I really have feelings for Jay, but don't tell anybody I said that.
0: We'll see. This is a highly anticipated episode, so we'll just, we'll have to see.
1: It is. Yes. God. (laughs) All we need is like a moment to breathe on PD, and we haven't had that in like five episodes. For real, though. the usual, you know. Elsewhere in Chicago news, we got a tweet on Wednesday night from Marina. And there was a line in the episode we're going to talk about tonight that was actually really funny. I want to say Atwater said it, right?
0: Uh. Ooh, I just
1: burped into the mic again. Why do I keep doing that?
0: <laughs> I don't know.
1: I know. Yeah. Um, I think it was a line that Atwater said, but he basically was talking. He was undercover, as you know, again, we're going to talk about the episode, but he basically looked at the guy and said, he's like, you look like you write songs for Drake. And Marina tweeted, and I think it was a pretty harmless tweet, but like she added a line in there that kind of is making us talk today. But Marina tweeted and she just said, she's like, oh, it looks like you write songs for Drake will now be Burgess's new pickup line. In parentheses, she said, this is a good time to spoiler alert you that Burgess meets someone new soon.
0: Dear Lord, and our – everyone wanted to talk about this, like, wanted us to talk about this. We had, like, two or three different emails that were like, so Marina's tweet, and I, like, didn't see Marina's tweet when it happened last night, so I texted Gina, and I was like, what did Marina tweet? I can't find it. And then I finally found it, and I was like, oh,
1: When you texted me that, I mean, granted, I had just woken up. But you were like, what do you think about Marina's tweet? I was like, what are you talking about? And then I was like, oh, shit. I I only read, like, the first line of that tweet.
0: I, like, skipped over it. Yeah, because I just saw the gif. And I, like, just was like, oh, okay, this isn't it. And I was, like, skipped over it. And then I, like, really went and looked for it. And I was like, oh, there it is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Just, I don't know. Uh, Jessica S. had a great tweet in response to it. I got to find it because I laughed. Uh, Well,
0: so while you're looking for that, so we had a question, we had a bunch of questions, like I said, but all kind of along the same lines of what Haley Green was asking, and she said, who's the new guy Burgess meets? Are you guys happy, sad, indifferent? It'll be interesting to see what that means for Burzik, if anything. I think it will, since it feels like Upsick is coming to an end, and I'm shameless and always have hope. I have no idea who this new guy is. We have no News or anything, and we don't have any, we're, we're not cool enough to have inside sources, unfortunately. So we know nothing. Yeah. I mean, at nothing. this point, I'm kind of indifferent because I feel like they tried so hard last season to build up uh, Matt Miller, which I kind of mm-hmm. liked Matt Miller for the first part of the ep- his episode at least a little bit. And then he was only around for one episode. So, what's to say this guy can't be around for one episode? Right. So I don't know. and We have no casting news or anything. So I'm literally just sitting out here being like, SOS, I have no idea. Help me. Same.
1: Literally the same. Literally the same. Okay. Jessica S's tweet. It was pretty great. So Jessica quoted Marina's tweet and she said, so did they make you and Patty watch as they drove the final nail in Berzik's coffin? I laughed. I thought it was funny. (laughs) (laughs) Because like, really, I feel like. The writers are like clueless at this point. I'm like, you've got two characters who like their chemistry is undeniable and they were engaged and like they're perfect for each other. And you're really going to sit here and tell me like, oh, it's time for them to move on and go like run around with other people. No.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's such an interesting thing, too, because like I wonder how much of that is just like the fact that. They have like a completely different showrunner and writers Than, like, they did in the earlier seasons. Because it's always been kind of known that, like, for Gilmore Girls, for example. Like, obviously, Amy Sherman Palladino left at the end of season six. And so, like, everything that happened in season seven with, like, Rory and Logan and Christopher and whatever, like, wasn't her vision. And so I wonder if the same thing that's happening here is that, like, you know, if we, you know if the showrunner was different, if the writers from the earlier seasons were still around, like maybe they would have gotten Berzick together back, back together by now.
1: I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I know the writers have changed over the years, but Berzick was broken up long before Rick I took
0: over. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying is like, it still could have been a result of that. I don't know. Like, I mean, not to say that like, I, more that like, If Matt Olson was still around and Derek and whatever, like maybe they would have, they still probably would have been broken up for a little bit, but like probably would have hopefully have gotten back together by now, yeah, or at least seen something whether they actually were together, like at least had a hookup or something.
1: Like, I see Berzy- Burgess and Ruzik side by side, and all I see is the history between them. And so I'm like, how how do they just work side by side and just act like everything's normal? Meanwhile, like, you know, they've got these years of history of, like, they loved each other. You know, their first I love you, the locker room proposal. Like, there's just so much between them. I'm just like, you can't just throw that in the trash. And I know I've said that before, but like I get really ranty with Berzek. I'm like, why don't you people believe in true love?
0: Like- yeah. Well, I think the thing is too is I think they can work side by side together and like, you know, still have all this history be completely fine if like they had had like scenes to now that at least acknowledge that they were still friends and like were just even if they were just purely friendship based scenes, we wouldn't be we wouldn't be talking about this. I mean, we might still, like, we'd still want them to be back together romantically, but, like, we wouldn't be having this conversation. True. So, it's, like, yeah, it's just such a weird thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is weird. I've never watched a show and, like, held out hope for a couple as much as I do with Bursick. Like, in my mind, I'm, like... Well, no, they're meant to be. They're going to find their way back to each other, even though the writers are doing everything that, like, indicates that or is, like, you know, contradictory to that. It's like, I'm like, no, like, they're going to get back together. I'm holding out hope. Meanwhile, like, Ruzik's running around with Upton. Burgess dated Matt Miller. And I'm like, no, but they're still really meant for each other. And, like, you know, cut to years from now, like, Burgess is going to marry somebody else. And I'm going to be like, no, but they're still meant for each other. Like Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I still hold out hope for them, but.
1: You know, yeah, I hear you. So elsewhere in the news, I mean, we don't really have any other Chicago news left, but we did want to take a second to do a little bit of a TV roundup because, you know, we always say it, but we do watch other shows and when we have a week off of the pod, it feels like we have a month off, which like isn't really the case, but You know, I think we've both been watching a lot of stuff outside of the Chicago shows, and we just kind of wanted to do a quick little, like, roundup recap of what we're watching and what we're loving, and just kind of talk about that. Yeah. So the first thing on the list, because we did get an email asking about this, was Rent Live. Yeah. And we didn't record last week, so, you know, we've got a lot of catching up to do there. So Rent Live. It it was Rent Not So Live, but (laughs) it was good.
0: It was was really good. I... I don't know, I have experience like I did enjoy what I saw on TV but like I really wanted to see what they were doing in that space I don't warehouse whatever we're calling that space I don't know but like yeah. I don't understand why they couldn't just show us that like I would have been completely okay with just a concert version of like what they were doing for the live audience there
1: true true so if you don't know in dress rehearsal, the day before Rent Live was supposed to air, Brendan Hunt, who played Roger, broke his foot. Like, like horrible bad. timing. Like, bad. Like, broke his foot. And so, they ended up airing the dress rehearsal as the broadcast, which, I mean, obviously Except was not for the, the last intention. ten minutes. Yes, the last ten minutes, because basically that's when he broke his foot in the dress rehearsal. Yeah. So... Yeah, and it ended up, I mean, I liked it. There, you know, there were there were certain aspects of it that I was like, this could have been a little better, that could have been a little better. But, you know, I loved Tanache as Mimi. Did not love Mario as Benny.
0: Yeah, I could have called that one. I love Mario, but, like, eh, I didn't think he was going to ever be right for this.
1: No, and, like, Benny is sort of a bland character, yeah. but still still Brandon Victor Dixon slayed as Collins but I think we definitely expected that because he was amazing in Jesus Christ Superstar
0: I really was surprised by Brennan though like I mean I know a lot of people I think even though it wasn't his fault but like kind of indirectly gave him shit for you know how this all went down because it wasn't his fault but it was his fault kind of thing but I thought he was an incredible Roger I thought he was so good
1: He was really good. Yeah, he was really good. Especially for being, like,
0: the only no, like, truly no name on that cast. Like, I was very surprised.
1: For sure. I was impressed. Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah. And, I mean, I've been in my Rent feelings for the past, like, week and a half. I mean, listening to it, just doing everything. And both of us, Bryna and myself, are pretty big Rent heads. We love Rent um, and so you know I was reading something on the internet Where it was like no Roger will ever Compare to Adam Pascal and then in like In parentheses, it's like except for Aaron Tibet. But I think Brennan did a really Good job
0: I think Brennan did a really Good job
1: yeah and Jordan Fisher just I love Him so much he's so talented So freaking good Yeah so freaking good I just feel like and I mean this is something That you know during the show Brian And I had a group text going with our friend Ashley At Telltale TV Uh, And we were talking a lot about it. And I feel like, just because you had a mix in there of, you know, newbies with, like, you know, actors with a lot of experience who have done musicals before. And it's I feel like Jordan had to hold himself back a little bit just so he wouldn't outshine everybody else.
0: It's just so hard, too, because you don't know if that was him holding back because of that or if that was him holding back a little bit because it was dress rehearsal. Also true. Like, that's the... I don't know, I'm again, I'm so conflicted because, like, I did like what I saw, but it was dress rehearsal. I wish they would shown us the concert that they were showing to the live audience because, like, that would have been incredible. And just, like, especially in honor of Rent when it actually debuted for the first time, you know, with the passing of Jonathan Larson, and they did basically, like, a... The first night Rent opened, they did, like, a table read concert thing. So, like, Mm -hmm. why wouldn't they have thought we wanted to see that? Especially, like, all the major Rent heads who know the history of Rent. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. But then, like, I don't really understand how Fox thought they could get away with not having an understudy.
1: Yeah, that was... Like, even if if you had just, like,
0: one for all the guys... And then maybe one for Angel cuz that's like such a different kind of part. So like one for Angel and then like one for the girls that like you don't need to have one for every single person, but just have somebody. Yeah. I mean granted, I'm glad we got to see Brennan cuz like I think I would have been robbed not seeing Brennan. But like I just don't, I don't understand how you think that's a smart idea. Not or not yeah. Smart idea to I not have one. I feel
1: like that's something that the networks have probably learned from with this one. And yeah. I mean, I get it. Because, you know, there was there were articles that came out after it. And people were like, you know, the, half the thing with the live musical is the draw of the big names. Right. And so if they had replaced him, he wouldn't have had his chance to shine. And maybe people right. wouldn't have turned, like, tuned in as much. But still, understudy.
0: Right. Yeah. I, I
1: don't know. It was still really good, though. And I've been listening to Rent nonstop for like the past week and a half.
0: It was. I think... I think I had a lot of high expectations and obviously they were like didn't quite meet them. And like I wouldn't say this was my favorite one ever. That still I think goes to Greece, because Greece was just so well done in my opinion. But oh,
1: Grease was so good.
0: Yeah. But this one was really good. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Now did you hear that NBC pulled hair? They were gonna do hair in May and they pulled yep. it. Yeah.
0: But is womp, that womp. Have they said like why? Or they just said they pulled it.
1: Um, I think they did say why because oh, they wanted to opt for something more family friendly because like hair is the one where they all get like bare ass naked in the middle of it.
0: Yeah, but like, I don't know. Like why then, so, why pick that one in the first place? Like I that hasn't changed, right? Like the fact that people have to get bare ass naked in hair has not changed like ever.
1: right. Like, you, knew, like,
0: that wasn't something that, like, new information came out and, like, now you have to change it. Or, like, a controversy came up and you wanted to change it. Like, here has always been naked people, like, naked hippies and whatever. Like, that hasn't changed.
1: Right. That that has not changed at all, no. And, I mean, Fox did a good job of translating a relatively not PG musical to TV, they changed a couple lyrics here and there. Some of them I understood. Some of them I was like, "Why? Why did you just do that? That made no sense at all." But yeah, they could do
0: it. I, I was like surprised NBC with some of it. the way they, some of the things they got away with on TV, though. Like some of the dance. Wait, well, like some of the dance moves and stuff that like, I was okay with personally. But like, I was surprised that they could do some of them on network television. I was like, "Oh, okay, we're going there." Cool.
1: There were two like alterations of lines, like alterations slash omissions of lines that I was like, "That why? That's not acceptable. So one of them was during You'll See. And when Benny says, think twice before you'll poo-poo it. Oh, yeah, that was um, terrible. I want to say the line was like, think twice before you reject it. And I was like, really? Really? You're already doing a musical about the AIDS crisis. And I feel like if people are going to be offended, it's not going to be by the word poo-poo. Right. So that was one of them. And then in La Vie Boheme, when they do like the ordering of the food, when it's like, you know, pasta with meatless balls, completely left that out. That's classic Rent. I don't know. It's terrible. But otherwise, it was great.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Loved it. Yes. So another show that we're watching right now, and this is a show that I actually finished. Um, I just finished watching You on Netflix. Wow. (laughs) Um, I started it when I was on the plane home. I traveled last week, started it on the plane home. And then the next day on Saturday, I was like, let me just knock down one more episode. It was like episode three. Oh, no, I spent the rest of the day watching three through ten. I finished the whole thing. Um, Yeah. So Penn Badgley's in it. Elizabeth Lale's in it. Shay, what is her last name? Shay Mitchell. Knew it started with an M. Shay Mitchell's in it. um, It's based on a book. Penn Badgley plays a crazy stalker. It's crazy. It's really good, but it's crazy.
0: I've heard so many mixed things. I've heard it's from I've heard it's really good, and then I've heard it's also really cheesy and really shitty. Like I I've heard the cheesy. entire spectrum.
1: I wouldn't say cheesy. Um I mean it's it's dark.
0: Yes. And Oh, I've heard. That's shitty. why I'm not There's watching it. There's a lot of it. shitty people. That's what I'll say. Shitty people. That's why I'm not watching it. I know it's dark.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I like. I thought it was really good. I mean, I, I flew through it. And yeah, so um, if you've already seen you, I recommend listening to our friends over at the shipping room. They did a whole episode about it. And it's a good kind of way to, it's cathartic. It's a good way to get out your feels and just be like, Oh, Joe, you're so awful. Um, yeah, so that's a good one. Um, another one that I have been watching is The Passage on Fox. It's got Mark Paul Gossler and Saniya Sidney, also based on a book. I don't really know too many specifics about it because I I actually ended up catching it. Like I caught episode two. I just kind of had Fox on one night and it's on Monday nights. I don't watch a lot of stuff on Mondays. And so I just had it on and I was like, this is kind of good. And so I'm really feeling The Passage. I think there's vampires involved. Like, they're not really vampires. They don't call them vampires, but they're called virals. You know who's in that is McKinley Belcher the third, And he was in an episode of PD way back in the day. I want to say he was in the Warehouse episode, but I could be wrong.
0: I'm Googling him. What's his name?
1: McKinley Belcher the third.
0: I will Google him right now. Hold on. You can keep talking, but.
1: Yeah, so the passage is really good. I'm really liking that. If you grew up watching Saved by the Bell... Our friend Ashley over at Telltale, she and I agree that Mark Paul Gossler has never really looked better.
0: Um, Even better than he looked in pitch because he looked damn fine in pitch. No,
1: even better than he looked in pitch. I mean, he looked pretty damn good in pitch, but like even better.
0: Yeah. Hold on. This guy was in, it was Aubrey Carrington in 2015 episode, let's see.
1: That's the warehouse episode, I
0: think yeah he's the guy that gets shot
1: okay yeah okay i I recognized his name and then it was like he was already coming up on my twitter feed and i was like what i already follow you what's the deal here and then i was like oh you were on pd yep (laughs) yep
0: yeah no he was the guy that got shot in that episode
1: yeah oh it's a good show i'm digging the passage and it's not really the type of show that i would be like digging but i'm digging it i like it a lot uh, I'm also watching Russian Doll. I'm working my way through Russian Doll. And Russian Doll is great. So Natasha Lyon from Orange is the New Black, she plays the title character. And Charlie Barnett's in it. Cute, adorable, sweet little Peter Mills. Only he's not so little anymore. Like, he's our little Charlie's grown up. <laughs> uh, it's good. And if you're a Supernatural fan, the way I described it is that it's basically Mystery Spot. It turned, turned into like a season of television mystery spot by the way brenna is one of your assigned episodes so i won't get into details um okay i've assigned brenna two episodes of supernatural like one serious one funny um we'll see when she watches it but yeah that's kind of what i'm watching right now is you the passage russian doll i'm also watching fbi which i'm loving it's really good and outside of the chicagos i think that's about it brenna what are you up to right now what are you watching
0: what am I not watching, dear Lord? I feel like my TV season has never been like more full, especially Tuesday nights. Tuesday nights have never been like a TV night for me, and somehow that's become my busiest TV night, besides when Chicago night, of course.
1: Yeah, what are you watching on Tuesdays? Because Tuesday is only FBI for me.
0: Everything that I have listed here that I want to talk about is on Tuesday. <laughs> like literally, I go from eight. Eight is Good Trouble. Nine is Roswell. Ten is Temptation Island. Like I don't know why. That Tuesday became a TV night, but Tuesday is a TV night. I don't know, anyway. Yeah, so I mean, and watching a bunch of other things like All American, I'm still loving, Crazy Ex Girlfriend is really good, and I need you I to gotta catch, catch up. up on that. Yeah, like I need you to be able to watch the final episode with me live, so catch up. You got it, I can do that. Um, but yeah, and I love All American, and what else? Oh, Grey's Anatomy is really good right now. Um, yeah, but I'm, the three shows that I'm really loving right now, um, so Good Trouble, is a freeform show. It's the spinoff of The Fosters. Um, Callie and Mariana moved to L.A. after having graduated from college, and they're starting their adult lives. This show is so good. Like, it's, if you love the Fosters, you'll love this one. But this is, like, a sexier, more mature, like, so relatable as, like, a 20, you know, someone who's basically their age. Um, they're, the love triangle on this show is, like, oh, it's so good. Um, I'm really loving the character of Gael and his, the bisexual representation that he's bringing. It's, it's so good. I really love Good Trouble. Really love trouble. It's definitely my three of, favorite of the three that I'm getting ready to say. Um, nice. Then I'm watching Roswell, New Mexico, which is the CW show. Um, it is An reboot of, or I'll say this: it's an adaptation of the book series. So it, even though it is very sim- similar to the late '90s, early 2000s show, it is not a reboot of that show. It is very different from that show. It's a reimagining of the book series that that other show, that the first show was based off of. It's very good. The ships on this show are insane. The mystery that's there is really good. Um, it's only had four episodes. Yeah, four episodes. But it's really good. You should really watch it, Gina. Like, really watch it.
1: Once I'm finished with Russian Doll, um, We'll see, because I'm also, I'm also playing the long game with Brooklyn Nine-Nine right now. I'm in, like, season two of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, so we'll see.
0: It's only been, like, four episodes.
1: Okay. I know, but like, I got to get invested, you know?
0: I know, but it's good. I It's good. I know, like, some people, I don't know, it's very hit or miss. Like, I think some people who like the original don't or love the original, like, aren't really fans of this. Some people who, you know... Didn't really watch the original. Love this. Someone like me who just watched the original for the first time last year is also really liking this. I don't. It's like very mixed, but I'm really enjoying it. I think it's very good. Um, so there's Roswell, <laughs> and then my like guilty pleasure reality dating show, whatever, is Temptation Island, and <laughs> it's so good. Like, I'm kind of obsessed with it. I'm way more into this right now than I am The Bachelor. And I mean, I'm still liking The Bachelor, but, like, very much more into Temptation Island.
1: Is this a reboot of the original Temptation Island? I was going to say, I was like, I feel like back in my day, there was a Temptation Island. It
0: was. It was on from 2001 to 2003. Same (laughs) host, Markel Wahlberg, but is on a different network. That one was, I think, on Fox, and this is now in USA. But, and I don't know, like, sometimes they're saying, like, it's not necessarily a reboot. Like, it's just kind of, like, in some places they call it, like, season four. Like, it's just, like, a continuation because it's pretty much the exact same show. Um, Mm -hmm. But then, like, in some places, since it's technically a different network, they're calling it, you know, like, season one. Um, But, yeah, it's the same. It's the same thing. Um, But it's it's good. It's trashy as hell. But, like, (laughs) it's really good. Interesting. It's really good. I mean, it's, like, it's getting cray. It's getting cray. My only complaint, and I actually ended up doing a Twitter thread about this the other day, because, like, I, like, I apparently had a lot of feelings about it, and I ended up doing a thread when I thought I was just going to do one tweet about it, was that, like, I always complain sometimes about how the Bachelor episodes feel, like, too long at two hours, and, like, why are we showing all this? Like, this is stupid. Like, what are we doing? But there's so much more happening in Temptation Island because it's, like, technically four couples, like, split up and, like, they're all going on dates and there's all these different relationships happening and whatever that, like, but it's only an hour long and I'm, like, it's kind of, I feel like, doing the show a disservice in a way that it's only an hour because, like, things happen and you, or, like, you miss a bunch of context or whatever and then you're, like, wait a second, where did that person come from? Like, how did this unfold? Whatever. But... If you want more about my feelings, you can like go read my Twitter thread. But <laughs> yeah, like, but it's it's still really good. I just wish it was longer because there's so much happening. I wish it was two Interesting. hours. Interesting, but yeah, uh, that's what I'm. Learning. Yeah,
1: that's kind of our TV roundup there. I'm also wondering if I need to go back and catch up on The Resident because I always catch the last five minutes before the passage, and I'm always kind of like intrigued. There's some mystery going on right now that like. Again, I only I've only been catching the last 5 minutes, but I know some dude named Bradley died. And then I think last week they were all like Bradley shouldn't have died. It's a mystery. And then I think Jenna Dewan's character is missing. So, these are these are all things I'm, you know, being able to glean from like the last 5 minutes. So, I'm wondering if I should catch up on The Resident.
0: I've literally I mean, never I love s- Mansukri. Yeah, I love Mansukri. I've never seen The Resident. But I'm kind of curious, like maybe I'll do that this summer because I don't, I definitely don't have time right now. But I'm right now one for one on Emily Van Camp shows because like I really hate her character in Revenge. But I, and I thought I was going to hate her character in Everwood because I did for a time there. But I just finished my Everwood binge a couple of weeks ago and I ended up coming around on her character on Everwood. So I'm kind of wondering if there's like, if I actually like Emily Van Camp as an actress or I hate her as an actress. I don't know.
1: You finished Everwood, but you didn't finish
0: Revenge. Oh, yeah. Because Revenge... I won't go there. <laughs> I'm gonna finish Revenge. But, like... I showed you all the high points. Oh, yeah. No, I've seen all the... I, I already knew even before you showed me the high points of Revenge. But I'll get through it. But, God, Revenge is so much harder to get through. Mm,
1: mm, mm. It's the opposite for me. I finished Revenge, and I didn't finish Everwood.
0: I Yeah. But I feel like that definitely goes more to, like, the shows we like. Like, you like a little it more. Does. S- not that Revenge had this. Well, like, you definitely like a little more, like, darker, suspenseful adventure kind of things. And that definitely fits the e- or the Revenge mold a little bit more. Yeah. And I definitely like the, like, feel-good family things. Or dramas. That's the word I'm looking for. And that fits the ever- mold a little more.
1: It's a good way to put it yeah yeah um another show that we both watch that's coming back in april is the bold type
0: thank god
1: yes i'm excited for that and jane one. the
0: virgin finally comes back at the end of march i'm so excited that's
1: good i never got into jane the virgin but <sighs> i do have bryna to thank for getting me into the bold type i love it
0: oh and station 19 finally comes back in march and in
1: march yeah um i also have to catch up on younger i'm way behind on younger
0: yeah you've got some time though that probably won't come out till summer because they haven't even okay. started filming as far as I know. Or they're about to.
1: But they come to ATX every year. I like to be prepared.
0: Yeah, I know. But that's still in June. You still got a little time.
1: I know. I hear you. But yes, that is our TV roundup. We just kind of wanted to talk about the other shows we're watching right now. Because we're watching a lot of other stuff.
0: Yeah, and everyone asks so. us about it. So.
1: Yeah. So let us know what you're watching. I mean, we love to talk TV. It's not just the Chicago shows that we like to talk about. We like to watch, talk about all TV. Mm-hmm. so yeah please do oh and uh, i forgot to mention earlier so bryna was talking to our friend rachel from talk nerdy with us earlier and rachel is obsessed with smallville um my local comic-con today announced that they have tom welling michael rosenbaum and Kristen. i can't say her last name for the life of Kruick
0: crew Kru- uh, yeah
1: Cruick, craik something yeah they're coming to my local comic-con in may and so are you going i I want to go so badly, not just because... I only want to go because of Rosenbaum, first off, because I love his podcast. But they also have Zachary Levi and Jason Momoa. And I'm like, yes, please, to both.
0: I will say this. I didn't... I hadn't seen Smallville. I didn't even really know. Like, what I knew Tom Welling from was, like, cheaper by the dozen. Like, I didn't know him. I mean, I knew he was in Smallville, but I hadn't watched Smallville at that point. But they came to my Comic-Con last year, and I went to their panel, and it was the most funny thing I've ever seen. Like, I was oh, cool. dying laughing at the stories they told. They just have such good chemistry together, which, I mean, if you have listened to the podcast Rosenbaum did with him, like, you would know that. Or if, you, if you're just fans of theirs, you would know that. But, like, I didn't really know anything about either of them before that, and I loved them at that panel. They were great.
1: Yeah, Michael Rosenbaum's podcast, um, if you want to check it out, is called Inside, Inside of, you. of You. I love it. I love it so much. So that's going to be great when I go to Comic-Con and I'm like, I've never seen Smallville, but I love your podcast.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Which I'm sure he'll, I'm sure he'll love, but like if they do a panel and again, I've never, I don't know anything about Kristen, but like if they do a panel, you have to go like definitely worth going to.
1: Yeah. So maybe that's another show I'll give. I've seen the pilot. So maybe I'll get going with that one a little bit more once I finish. I need to pick
0: that back up, but that's just like, God, that's such a commitment. I made it to episode 12 or 13, and I really liked it. I just, God, it's such a commitment. <laughs> it's I feel,
1: I'm feeling the same way with Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I mean, it's six seasons, and I mean, which isn't bad, because they're all 30-minute episodes, but, like, still, I work full-time. So, right. you know, yeah. it's tough. But anyway, we love TV, and we just wanted to talk about it for a second, and a second was really, like, 20 minutes, but whatever.
0: It's, it's, nice. it's our podcast. <laughs>
1: All right, and like we said, we're going to put timestamps in the notes, so if you want to skip right over this roundup, you can totally do so. But I think now it is time to get into the episodes, shall we? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. We're going to talk about med, because we always talk about them in the order that they aired. All right. Let's start with the easy stuff. Let's start with Ethan, April, and the child molester. Easy. Light discussion.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Total light discussion. (laughs) So Terry
1: does still exist.
0: Yeah. Surprisingly.
1: We had this conversation a couple weeks ago. We were like, where the hell's Terry?
0: And he actually had stuff to do. He didn't just like show up.
1: True story. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) True story. So the gist here is that, um, Ethan's patient molested one of Med's nurses as a child. And so the nurses just kind of shut him out and they don't tell him why they don't want to take care of him. Um, Yeah, a couple feelings here. Um, There's a male nurse at med. Hey.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I saw a lot of people talking about, or I like, it came up on like my feed on Facebook in the Shy Hearts group that somebody was like, I was kind of annoyed by that whole storyline because like, why did they just have it happen to some random character that we've never met before and didn't have any attachments to? Like he just showed up and then the storyline wasn't really even about him in the end. Like why can't they have just made it about like, Monique or somebody like that, we already at least knew. And I was like, I mean, I didn't comment this, but I was like, because that's not how TV works. Like, And the point of the story wasn't the guy that it happened to. Like, that wasn't the point of the story. Like, The point of the story was to have Ethan and April get into a disagreement and to have April feel like she can't trust Ethan. Like, that was the point yeah. of the story. I mean, yes, it kind of sucks that like maybe they... Could have picked something a little lighter than, like, child molesting to, like, make that point. But that was the point of the story. So, like, we didn't need it to happen to a character we were already attached to because the story wasn't about the character.
1: Right. Right. I had major Kenny vibes from the night shift. I was just thinking of um, J.R. Lemon always used to post pictures. He played Kenny on the night shift. Uh, and he would always post pictures from behind the scenes. And the hashtag was always, like, "Mercy Mers- ain't easy.
0: <laughs> yeah. God, I miss him.
1: I know, I listened to Yeah, so that, that's what I thought of. But yeah, I mean. Morrison ain't easy. <laughs> Mersin ain't easy, no. But uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like the nurses shouldn't have iced out Ethan. No. But like, I don't know. And like, I, I meant to go back and look because, okay, like, yeah, the nurses hated this guy. But the guy that shot April a couple weeks ago, Ethan hated him too.
0: yes. And that's not to say, like, because I think, I mean, Ethan at one point, so it basically, Ethan tells April at first that, like, you know, you can't just, like, not give this guy, because they kind of then, you know, go a little relaxed on this guy's care, because they obviously all know what happened, or what he did to their friend, and Ethan, like, sees that, and he's basically like, you can't do that, like, regardless of what this guy did, you know, he's still a patient, he's still this... He says, you know, like, regardless of how awful this patient might be, like, we have an ethical ethical obligation to treat him like we might anyone else. And I was definitely on Ethan's side at that point. Like, yes, this guy's terrible, but you did take an oath to, you know, treat everyone.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Ethan was a little out of line, though, to almost accuse April of overdosing him.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that part for sure. But the first part when he's just saying, like, hey, you've got to treat this guy, I was definitely on Ethan's side. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, and I know I, I saw that you had tweeted one point, because we split the tweeting on Wednesday nights. Brenda tweets the first hour and a half. I tweet the second hour and a half. Um, and I saw your tweet that you were like, did the nurses actually kill him? I never had a doubt in my mind that they didn't. I,
0: I don't know. I guess I just didn't, like, when I saw that they had, like, the vial or – whatever the syringes whatever it ended up actually was of the ephrinephrine in the trash i was just like well did they i don't know i was just so confused that i was like maybe they did i don't know i never thought it was april but maybe i thought it was somebody else i never thought it was april though
1: Uh, I mean, you know, we've talked about Doris being bitchy before, but I don't think she's that bitchy Well, I
0: thought maybe it was the guy, you know, the guy came back and, you know, wanted revenge I don't know, I was thinking all kinds of things You never know, it's med here, like
1: It's med, that is true (laughs) I feel like that should be our excuse for everything, like, it's med
0: Yeah, like, it's med Something crazy happened, it's med So, but yeah, I never thought it was gonna be April, though
1: no, no, I didn't either. I didn't either. But yeah, the um, the patient ended up dying. He had too much epi in his system. And Ethan literally accuses April. Like, I feel like in the medical field, that's got it. That's probably like below the belt. That's got to be below the belt.
0: Oh, for sure. When well, she even takes so, it that way, she's like, what did you? She's basically like, what did you just say? Like, yeah. why would you? Like, and especially just because of the relationship they've had outside of the hospital like really you're gonna think that she could even do that like stoop to that level like come on ethan
1: yeah i mean i don't he wouldn't be with somebody who would willingly put a patient's life at stake right no so that was yeah that was below the belt i mean I'm, i'm just assuming that in the healthcare world that that kind of statement is way below the
0: belt oh for sure
1: yeah that was crazy. Um, and then even when he was like, "What were you doing in the room?" and she was like, "He was dehydrated. I gave him water." And he was like, "Oh, so you're the Florence Nightingale to this guy now." Like Ethan,
0: these two. I know. I can't even. I'm I mean, they're you, it's not only even the med couples. This isn't even this. It's crazy that like I'm frustrated with these two, and these are like the third. Like, if the hierarchy, this is like the third most frustrated I am. <laughs> <laughs> like what the hell?
1: It's like with the med couples it's like like oh god. It I mean they can be so sweet to each other and it's so nice and wonderful, but those moments are so fleeting because the other like 95% of the time they're at each other's throats.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's uh. crazy.
1: But I did like the line at the end when, you know, Ethan was talking about being friends and April just looks at him and is like, you thought I could kill a patient. Like, is that really someone I want as a friend? And I was like, yes, girl, you have a point. Get him.
0: Yeah. Like, I mean, she brings, you know, that is a great point. Like, how can she be someone who's with, like, romantic feelings aside, like, how can you be friends with someone who thinks you can kill somebody?
1: Yeah, I feel like somebody who's suspicious of your skills as a nurse and is, thinks that you could kill somebody, that's not a friend.
0: Right, And because Ethan says, you know, he's like, I'd like to think we can get past that and, like, still be friends. And it's like, bitch, please. Yeah.
1: Yeah, she handled that exactly how I would have. Like
0: He's, he's going to have a lot of groveling to do if he wants to even get back to friend level with her.
1: True story. He's got a lot of ground to make true. up. He really does. He really does. I mean, Ethan, man, like, he throws some big hissy fits when he gets mad.
0: But then, if someone else throws a hissy fit, he has, like, a weird reaction to that. He's like, what? Huh?
1: Huh? You're th- He gets judgy. Yeah. yeah. He's like, you shouldn't be this angry. Wait a second.
0: You were just angry, like, ten episodes ago, or three episodes well, ago. Yeah.
1: Why is it okay for you to be angry but nobody else?
0: Yeah. Man. Yeah.
1: I... At this moment, I'm just kind of looking at them and I'm like, April, I mean, you guys are good together, but if you thought you could do better, you probably could. Mm. It's crazy. Oh, it's so crazy. It's so crazy. Um, speaking of crazy, <laughs> shall we transition into the bandsteads?
0: Yeah, do we want to touch on Maggie real quick before we get into the headaches, or do you really have a lot, do you have anything to really say about Maggie?
1: No, I don't really, that's going to be a storyline that we see more so in episode 14.
0: Yeah. I definitely will say though, I think the only thing I'll say on the Maggie stuff real quick is I definitely thought that friend, or friend of a, or cousin of a friend, whatever, was going to be like a druggie though.
1: Yeah, I mean, Maggie thought she was going to be a druggie. Maggie totally briefed Will and was like, she might be here just to score some pills.
0: Well, and as someone who's, like, worked in a medical environment and, like, I mean, I wasn't necessarily trained on that language, but, like, has heard the language myself, like, I definitely thought that's where they were going. Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: but, yeah. We'll see what happens in episode 14.
0: Crazy. But I will say, somebody, Laurel had brought this up in a DM to us, that, mm-hmm. and I kind of agree, like, I'm kind of glad, I mean, I love seeing when Maggie gets storylines outside of, like, being, like, a mediator for Manstead. <laughs> yes, so true. Like, I mean, she called it, uh, Laura called it, like, Manstead cheerleader, but I just see it more as, like, because I don't think she necessarily, like, cheers them on, but, like, she definitely is, like, the mediator for them, like, more than not. Right. So I'm glad that we get to see her do something else that's not that... <laughs>
1: Nick, can we please give the woman a love interest? And by give her a love interest, I mean, can we please hook her up with that water? Seriously. (laughs) Yeah.
0: For real.
1: Yeah. So are we, are we discussing the couples tonight in like reverse order of like least headache to biggest headache? Yeah. Like, are you putting Wrecker ahead of Manstead in terms of like who caused the bigger headache?
0: Yeah. And I wouldn't even say it was even almost Wrecker as more just like Ava, but like, yeah. Oh,
1: man. All right. So if we're going in order, then then we definitely got to talk about the Mansteads first. Because, I mean, the Mansteads are pretty broken, but, like, Wrecker, man.
0: Oh, yeah. I think we should just start with, like, so we got a question from Allison and Glenn, who just said, was, like, were you also yelling at your TV for Will to just stop lying? And, Adelaide? yes. 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 Literally yes. from the opening moments of the episode, I literally tweeted – on the account i was like oh we're starting off with will lying this week great way to start off the episode like or something along those lines." oh
1: will lied again take a drink <laughs> but actually though
0: oh god yeah
1: and so oh man will will's car got broken into and they only took the gun his laptop was in there but they only took the gun not only did this happen but homeboy skipping his therapy just a recipe for success
0: yeah so things are clearly going well for him
1: <laughs> so well so so, well, I want to slap him upside the head. So well. Yes.
0: And then he um, lied to it, Natalie about it again. Again. Again.
1: It's it's lying just comes like so easily to him. It's just <sighs> I want to know who broke into this car though and only stole the gun.
0: I don't know. And the gun was in the trunk. Like how do you know the gun was in the trunk?
1: It's funny because every time something happens to Will, I'm always hoping that the person who did it was Jay. <laughs> and so in this case, I'm hoping that Jay's the one who took the gun so that he can be like, You really thought that you could handle a gun? Like, you're an idiot. Yeah. That's not the case. No, but like. I'm sure.
0: Go ahead. No, I was going to say, but seriously, how did they know the gun was in the trunk?
1: Right, right. I'm sure at some point before the finale, you know, some murder is going to go down and they're going to be like, Well,
0: your gun was used in it. Oh my God. Um, that would be an interesting PD med crossover
1: it really would which again I really hope ends with Jay slapping him upside the head (laughs) oh really I know you know like I love Nick I love Will but man does he make bad decisions it's bad it's really bad it's really bad and he's skipping out on his therapy like yeah yeah and, you know, Will's going full Will in on one side of the hospital. On the other side of the hospital, Natalie's going full Natalie.
0: For the first time in a while, though. Yeah, maybe. we At least in a couple weeks, We like, since we've come back from break, we haven't seen Natalie go full Natalie. Like, Natalie's been pretty good. I've actually been on Natalie's side for, like, the last month.
1: Even last week in the helicopter crash when she was like, I don't need your medical advice, Will.
0: <laughs> yeah. But, no, but, like, this was the first time we actually saw her go, like, full Natalie, literally steal something out of a guy's bag. I was like, what are we doing here? Dear Lord.
1: Yeah. But but also, who carries vitamins around in a ginormous Ziploc bag like that?
0: Well, apparently someone who has really bad or really advanced stage cancer. Maybe. Don't judge, Gina.
1: I'm not judging. I'm not judging. <laughs> I also get where Natalie was coming from, though, because all of the signs were pointing to him faking his illness.
0: Right. But besides.
1: What do we always say? Like, if it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck, it's a duck.
0: Right. So... But then you don't have to go steal something from a guy's bag either.
1: No, you don't unless you're Natalie Manning, in which case it's totally okay. Okay. Right. And of course, the minute she brings them out, Dr. Charles is like, that's a really serious transgression. And she's like, okay,
0: bye. Yeah, but then she, like, when she, like, gets told that he actually has really advanced stage cancer or whatever, Goodwin pulls the whole, I really should fire you for this shit, but I've got your back instead. Let's avoid legal trouble together thing. And I was like, oh my God.
1: Uh, listen, I mean, paid the Markerson is just like a queen, right? She's acted so long she's a veteran goodwin is a badass i love her but goodwin is such an enabler it's so bad it really it's like manstead or like her two badly behaved teenagers and it's like you wonder why they're so badly behaved it's because there's no discipline
0: right and i wonder how much though this enabling is like a product of the fact that again like we were talking about earlier like it is a television show and every time something goes wrong and then they do terrible shit They can't have, like, them go to trial or be sued or whatever, even though that's probably what would happen in real life. Just because it is a TV show, like, they have to have their characters around. But, like, God, then stop having them do terrible shit every week. Right,
1: like, put a stop to that shit. I mean, Natalie has done so many things that are straight up illegal. Will has too.
0: That's why they're meant for each other.
1: Yeah, yeah. They're like Bonnie and Clyde. I think we've made that analogy before. They're Chicago Med's Bonnie and Clyde. Mm-hmm. Only they're a disaster <laughs> Such disaster But again when they're sweet together They're sweet together like that episode when they went on the Ferris wheel Was freaking adorable
0: Yeah The proposal
1: when, really cute Right proposal adorable Like that suit that Will wore The night of the Ferris wheel Looked really good on him Lying however does not look really good on him
0: Yeah but no as soon as I heard Goodwin say Like I'm gonna go to bat for you I was like oh my god I can't believe we're going here again.
1: I know. She's literally like, you could be fired for this. Now go back to work. No. Put your foot down, woman. I can't. She can't. I know. She can't. You remember that time Natalie literally committed criminal battery when that woman didn't want like the IV nutrition and she gave it to her anyway? Oh, yeah. That time. Criminal battery.
0: Natalie no Manning. What a woman. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh. <laughs> so not only I mean, and, and it only gets worse from here, too, because finally, at the end of the episode, the whole point with Natalie's patient was to show that, you know, her gut instinct is saying that she's being lied to. That was kind of the whole gist of it. And so she finally confronts Will at the end because, you know, Will's talking to the police at one point. He's just being really, you know, sketchy with Nat. Finally, Natty's, Natalie's like, cut the shit. What's going on? Like what got stolen out of your car? And he just flat out is like, it was the gun. The gun got stolen. Natalie takes that ring off, hands it to Will, says it's over, and walks away.
0: Yeah. It's about damn hurt- time.
1: No, about damn time for sure. Did this hurt worse than the Stellaride breakup when Stella was like, I can't be with you right
0: now? No. Because I've been needing me instead to be over so that they can eventually repair their shit and get back together like down the line. Like, no, they've been needing to be over for, like, weeks now.
1: <laughs> Just like, so Will can pull himself together. So they
0: both can pull themselves together. I mean, Will right. more so than Natalie. Because cause Natalie's the one that's had her heart broken and, you know, feels like she can't trust him. But, like, no, they needed to be Like, I was actually, like, thank God it's about damn time.
1: So, I have multiple feelings on this. Um, first off, Will and Jay need to burn that ring. <laughs> um... Burn that ring. It is cursed. So cursed. Cursed, I tell you. Um, also, Will totally had this coming, but also I can't believe Nat went there. Like, it makes all the sense in the world, but also I'm just like, whoa.
0: You can't believe she went there? Oh, I totally can believe she went there.
1: I'm glad she finally went there. Will was being unfair to her.
0: Yes. A hundred percent. Something I was just thinking about as we've been having this discussion – Now that they're officially done is Ian Harding ever coming back? Like, whether Ian's up turning romantic or not, like, what what the hell happened to his character?
1: He's probably coming back.
0: Well, now's the time. Will and Natalie are done so if he was ever meant to be, like, a bridge in the Will and Natalie relationship, like, now's the time.
1: Oh, for sure. For sure. And then Will had the audacity to be like, you don't mean that. Like, you don't mean that. You've been lying to her straight for the past, like, three months.
0: Dear Lord.
1: I know. And you stopped going to therapy, which makes me want to strangle you. I know. Jay didn't stop going to therapy when he was assigned to go. Yeah. Not that I should compare the brothers, but still.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I was just about to say, very different situations, very different people.
1: Very, yes. Jay shot a girl. Will treat it a mobster. Faceball. <laughs> I don't know. I just, the man studs are so frustrating.
0: But not as frustrating as Wrecker. <laughs>
1: oh my God, Wrecker. Oh my God. Um, in my notes that I had written down, I just wrote that Wrecker, wrecker is a wreck and I spelled wreck R-H-E-K because I thought I was funny. Um, <laughs> man, Wrecker.
0: I just, like, so when it started, the episode started out with Connor, like, completely ignoring Ava for the most part, and she was like, what the hell? Like, why are you ignoring me? And they were having that whole conversation, and she was like, "You, that's honestly, like, all you're going to say. Like, because he didn't really say anything, she's like, that's really all you have to say. I was like, what do you want him to say? Like, what do you actually want him to say, Ava? Right. Like. Right. Yes, he believes that you had, whether he believes or not that you had sex with his father, you still lied to him. You're still clearly acting weird and becoming a little obsessive. Like, what do you want him to say?
1: Right, right. And I mean, whether or not he believes that you slept with Cornelius or didn't, he still heard about the lies. So of course he's giving you the silent treatment. Yeah. Um, but also he only gave her the silent treatment until he needed something, which was like, so it lasted like five minutes. Right. And then he went if,
0: full- on nice to her and tried to give her gifts or something. And I, yeah.
1: Yeah, so like they're both manipulating each other.
0: Right. But then you get to the point where he has the realization that like maybe Ava's just actually a little ugh, I hate using this word and I'm not going to. Crazy? Yeah i really don't want to use that word but that's the first that's the word that's coming in my head um
1: uh, yeah i just uh,
0: but you know i'm like yeah i mean yeah go ahead go ahead no it's just good, like but that's what she's coming off as she is especially once he realizes Yeah, he okay so let's set the scene so basically connor ends up having this patient with that's hiv positive positive. Needs some kind of surgery. I don't remember what kind of surgery. But that's really not what's important here. Uh, he
1: needs his ribs plated. But again, not, not important.
0: Uh, okay, yeah. Ribs plated. Not what's important. Um, so Connor sends him up to the OR to get surgery. The, uh, the doctor that he wants to have the surgery done by won't do it because he's HIV positive. And obviously, if there's any kind of cut or exposure to the blood of the HIV patient, then they can contract it. And so Connor asks Ava to do it. And Ava agrees. Everything seems to be going swimmingly at first. No big deal, whatever. Then Ava nicks herself. So therefore cutting not just her glove, but her finger. And obviously comes in contact with the blood of this patient. And everyone freaks out. You know, she has to go into quarantine and get all these tests done. Yada, yada, yada gets at home whatever. Connor at first I don't think really thinks like a ton of he ton of it he's just like concerned about her. Which to be fair, okay. Whatever. But then some random doctor lady that we don't know like brings up in the elevator to him as he's like going down whatever. And she's like, "Oh yeah, I heard about Ava." Like it's so weird. She's the most careful doctor I've ever, you know, seen. Like I think it's weird that she actually had, like, a mistake, and then Connor doesn't really say anything, but he's like, oh, shit, did she do it on purpose to, like, get my attention? Okay,
1: to me, that idea is crazier and more ridiculous than her sleeping with Cornelius. The idea that she would cut herself purposely with an HIV-positive patient.
0: Well, then what is your read of the situation?
1: It was an accident. That's, well, that's what I would like to believe. I'd like to give her the benefit of the doubt that it was a total accident. Well, then
0: what's the point of the storyline? <laughs> i mean like i i'd like to give her the benefit of the doubt too because i think this is so asinine but then i like bring it back to the fact that it's tv and every storyline has a point and like what's the point of this
1: maybe the point is to bring them back together though because as you saw they started being sweet to each other now granted connor gave her the silent treatment until he realized he needed something at which point then he got sweet to ava and of course, I mean, and he did it because he knew Ava would do it, too. Like, he knows that Ava is at his beck and call. Like, she'll do anything for him. And so, you know, of course, that's part of it. But then, you know, the minute she cut herself, he felt bad, whatever. And then he brought her the booze later on. So, like, maybe this is the first step to the mending their relationship. I would really like to think that she would not cut herself purposely to get Connor's attention. But she has been known to do things to try to impress him before. I did get that vibe again this time. I don't
0: know. So, yes, I agree with all that. But then I'd say two things calling back to... The, then, one, what is the point of the elevator scene with the random doctor lady that we've never heard of or seen before making a comment about Ava and how the fact that she's usually so careful? And then I'm hoping two, that's a misdirect. <laughs> then, two, Connor's face after that elevator scene is like... Oh shit, did I just play into her hand?
1: Yeah, I'm hoping it's a misdirect, but you know, I could be wrong.
0: I I don't know. Like to me, I like to I'd hope to think it's a misdirect, but then like this doesn't really seem like the filler episode. Like a bunch of shit happens for everybody that seems like it's gonna set them on like a trajector- tra- trajectory trajectory. like the back half of the season or these last like nine or ten episodes Mm -hmm. and I like to think that this the same thing like they didn't give like significant things happening for Will and Natalie and Ethan and April and even Maggie to a certain extent and then like just be like oh yeah Connor and Ava we're gonna go with filler
1: yeah I mean I'm still getting creepy Lifetime Killer vibes from Ava
0: yeah same more so more so than ever after this week. yeah, like
1: all of the relationships on this show are dysfunctional, but like I feel like wrecker's bordering on toxic again.
0: yeah, for sure. And we had had a couple of comments about them from other people, and so Allison Glenn sent us an email and she I mean basically she was like, did Ava actually actually just intentionally cut herself while doing surgery in some messed up way to play to get connor back i we just answered that gina's hoping not i said yes we'll see
1: hoping not is the key word i'm probably dead wrong
0: um allison then says i was pretty convinced that she had slept with connor's dad as gross as that is but i think tonight confirms that this romance has taken a very strange turn into creepy stalker behavior
1: it's getting there. Yeah, it's bordering on that.
0: And then something we, it doesn't really necessarily relate to this week's episode, but we had had it in an email from last week when we didn't record that I feel like we just need to actually discuss on the podcast. This is from Allison F. And she said, I have a theory that there is more to this Papa Road story. Could he be the Harvey Weinstein of Chicago? In a time of the Me Too movement, it wouldn't shock me if the writers went the direction of making her really a victim. She says that, They didn't sleep together. Maybe something happened where he threatened some sort of extortion.
1: Extortion. Like what kind of deep dark secret does she have though? I don't know.
0: I just thought the interesting. I mean, I did think I just thought the idea that like maybe there's something more there was interesting and like comparing him like a Harvey Weinstein of Chicago.
1: I mean, there's no coming back from that though. Like, There's no way to redeem Cornelius after that.
0: Are we trying to redeem Cornelius?
1: I mean... You've already... Well, maybe not. I don't know. I don't know.
0: I don't know. I mean, I still think he slept with Ava, but... I don't know. Yeah. I just thought it was an interesting theory that we hadn't obviously talked about or touched on. That I was like, oh, this is interesting.
1: Yeah, and I mean... I mean, well, there's no coming back from that. And that, you know, Cornelius likes to worm his way into Connor's life, right? Yes. If he's the Harvey Weinstein of Chicago and all these women are coming forward, that's it. There's no worming back in. Connor's going to cut you out for good.
0: Yeah. But, he, I mean, we all think that like, he probably should have done that anyway. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean,. It, like, I get it. I mean, it wouldn't necessarily surprise me, though, if they pulled some surprise, like, having Cornelius start Ava. But, I mean, I still don't trust Ava, especially after this week. So, like, I don't know.
1: Yeah, they're starting to make her look unhinged. It's not good.
0: Yeah. And I feel like if Cornelius had threatened Ava in any kind of way and then made her have sex with him, like... Why wouldn't have Ava had just told Connor that? Because, like, we know Connor would have protected her at that point because, like, he was, I don't want to say in love with her because I don't think he was in love with her. But, like, he was, he didn't really care about her. I mean, still does. Like, he would have protected her, especially against Cornelius. So, like. Right. I don't know. It's an interesting theory, though.
1: Very. Yeah, it's it's crazy times on med. head.
0: Real crazy times.
1: Real, real crazy times, Yes. Yes, yes. Do we have any other notes on med?
0: No, just really frustrated with everybody.
1: Yes, really frustrated with everybody. I like, that basically sums up the, the episode.
0: Just feel frustrated with everybody.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I feel like I would be walking around the ED, like, walking up to each person and be like, do you need anything? And then be like, ugh, you're so frustrating. And then, like, walking over to somebody else and be like, you're so frustrating, too. Oh, you know who was not frustrating was Dr. Nina Shore.
0: Oh, yes. Nina. Nina! We got a Nina
1: sighting. I love her so much. I will
0: say that last night had me fully convinced. Like, Nina's now come back to Chicago twice and obviously never shared a scene with Connor. But, like, I really could have used that last night. Yes. Like, i have really convinced myself that that is a ship I can get behind. And not just just because of the Patty and Colin stuff.
1: If Frozen ever ends, Patty has to come back to Chicago Med. Nina has to come back and Nina has to be with Dr. Rhodes. It's just too easy.
0: That is the end game, I believe.
1: <laughs> that is the end game, I believe in too.
0: <laughs> oh, it's just so good.
1: Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, I'm I'm forever going to assume now I'm going to be like no, nobody else is right for Connor except for Dr. Shore. Well,
0: the <laughs> like, thing is, too like I mean, why not? Like I don't believe in any of Connor's relationships to believe that he has an end game right now
1: so we'll just make one in our heads and it's dr shore yeah perfect perfect i'm so on board this train
0: (laughs) so good so so good
1: yes but dr nina shore made another appearance i love patty so much i do too i want her to come on the podcast so badly i know it's like
0: and i'm like happy that she's staying on frozen because like i know she loves it but i'm just like come back to med please
1: Right, right. And you guys would talk about The Bachelor, and I would drink wine with her, and we would just all be best friends. Ask her
0: all the Colton questions.
1: All of the Colton she questions, and yes. and Colton
0: are BFFs. Like, legitimately BFFs.
1: Although, Colton and Colin went on a bro date the other night. Yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> Dear Lord. Those two. So I can't even.
1: Oh, I love it so much. Love it. Just the best, yes. But that's all we've got on med. Let's move into Fire. So I feel like this episode of Fire was one of the more easygoing episodes. What do you mean? Like, I mean, the calls were action packed, yes, but it wasn't so heavy that you're like gripping your seat, being like, oh my God, what's happening? It was more, it was a very easygoing episode.
0: Yeah, but then Herman's down in the dumps and fosters dealing with stalker mcdoctor stalker mcdoctor so like
1: <laughs> first there was mcdreamy then mcsteamy now stalker mcdoctor
0: stalker mcdoctor i'm trademarking I that so shit hard
1: when you texted me that yeah
0: i'm trademarking <laughs> that shit
1: stalker mcdoctor it's perfect yeah it's so funny Yeah, I mean, it was still pretty easygoing. Like, I mean, it it had a really feel-good ending to the point that I was like, oh, that was nice, and then I was like, oh, shit, Petey's coming. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, and so there's a lot to start with here. I mean, should we start with Herman, or should we start with Casey and Sev?
0: We'll start with Casey and Sev. Cool. Cool. I love these two. Same. Like, I I love all the bromance stuff we're getting. Like, I, I just do.
1: It's so good. It's so good. I about
0: died when they were like, yeah, we're going to go out this Friday or whatever night, Friday night, Saturday night. I was like, oh my God, we're actually seeing them like go out as bros. This is like the greatest thing. I didn't know I needed this.
1: Yeah. I was like, aren't both of you pushing 40? What are you doing going to a club How old are they? So Jesse Spencer in real life is 39. I know that just because I know a lot of things um that episode yeah he is in that episode when severide got hurt when he was gonna donate stem cells to anna and he he like jumped off the building or something and got hurt and they wheeled him into med they said he was 35 so if you do the math he's like what 37 38 now yeah yeah so they're both pushing 40 like what the hell they're going to clubs My favorite
0: thing, though, was, like, so as soon as Severide said, like, we're going to go, or no, Casey said, like, we're going to, like, let's go visit our old stomping grounds or whatever. I, like, got this image of a young Casey and Sev and Andy Darden, like, hitting the town every weekend, and now I just want that spinoff.
1: Oh, like a prequel. Yeah. Oh, it'd be so good. I love it. I love it so much. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, I was really surprised when Kelly was like, yeah, it's a pop-up club. I'm like, you're still hip enough to sniff out pop-up clubs? Like, I really underestimated
0: you. But they're not hip enough to know that nobody takes taxis anymore. <laughs> 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 they got out of, a story. I didn't notice that until I was re-watching that scene. And I was like, they got out of a fucking taxi. Nobody, unless you live in New York, takes a damn taxi anymore. So they can't be that (laughs) hip and cool.
1: I mean, that's how we get around Chicago when we're there. We take Ubers. I mean... Yeah.
0: Like, Uber exists in Chicago.
1: Uber does exist in Chicago. Oh, my God. That's really funny. Uh, Yeah. Just...
0: Also... They were surprising us everywhere. Also, just died over the fact that they were twinning in their matching leather jackets.
1: They're such bros. I
0: love it so so much.
1: Yeah. Oh, God. And Casey flirting. Oh, it was so bad. I can't even... Batman will never have game, ever, and it's perfect, and I hope it never changes.
0: The fact that he got Gabby Dawson is just like, and Allie, like, dear lord. Right. Right. How?
1: <laughs> He's so awkward when he flirts. It's so awkward, but it's also like the cutest thing.
0: Only Matt Casey.
1: Only, I know. And that girl was making the drink for him, and he was like, ooh, surprise me. I'm like, Matt, stop it.
0: <laughs> stop it. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, and then I just love how he turned around and Severide was, like, three girls deep. Yeah. Typical Kelly. I can't even. So funny. The circle <laughs> of Severide did return, but I'm not too mad about it.
0: Yeah. I, I guess we'll do. I mean, if it becomes a pattern, then I feel like I'll get mad at it. But it was just kind of disappointing to see. I was like, oh, really, Sev? Like, come on now.
1: I know I, I mean I feel like Stella kind of kicked him to the curb in a rather harsh manner so you know if he wants to go hook up with someone random I'm like just this once Kelly right just
0: that's, this what, once. that's what I'm saying it's like if it becomes like a pattern then like uh, uh-uh, I ain't here for this but if it's just a like one time okay fine But I did love Allison sent us an email and in her email, she was like, you know, disappointed that Seb's already back to womanizing ways, even if it was predictable. She was said, though, she's like, also, how awkward is it that they live in a loft where the bedroom walls don't go all the way up to the ceiling? Casey must have been really passed out if he had no idea that girl was there. Wait, the walls don't go up to the ceiling? (laughs) Not on Severed's room or whatever. Oh, I gotta go back and look at that. They don't go all the way up to the ceiling. Casey
1: was hung over in that scene. He so also only he was,
0: has, like, the one wall. Like, there's not, like, th- it doesn't seem like there's, like, three or four, whatever, four walls. Like, it's got, like, the one wall, but it doesn't go all the way up to the ceiling.
1: I gotta go back and look at that. <laughs> wow. Yeah.
0: It, it's funny.
1: Casey was pretty drunk, though. He was hammered when, or he was hung over when he woke up in the morning, so maybe he did indeed, like, conk out. Pass out. Yeah. I hope so otherwise things are gonna get real awkward in there real fast yeah (laughs) I'm still here for it though I'm I'm loving them being bros and living together and just I love it I love it
0: I didn't know I needed all this Casey and Severite bromance stuff but like god it's so good
1: oh it's so good and it's just yeah it's wonderful yeah more bromance please
0: please
1: they're one of my favorite bromances oh for For sure, sure
0: for sure yeah
1: yeah um herman had a tough call in this episode but i really liked that they gave engine 51 a chance to shine
0: yes agree
1: yeah i liked that a lot
0: like a lot a lot okay but before the call like when herman's talking about the fact that lee henry's like looking at colleges whatever since when is lee henry old enough to apply to college like i feel so old
1: I know I know like Lee Henry's looking at colleges Antonio's daughter Eva is probably already in college like what?
0: And where is she though she might be senior forever I feel like she's been in senior she year for like 10 same. years but <laughs> Yeah but yeah
1: Diego's gonna like laugh her and go to college and we're gonna be like Ava's still a senior like
0: <laughs> Still 10 years from now okay
1: sure Yeah which means Herman's youngest who was born in the season one finale should probably be almost seven now god that's crazy i know no six almost six
0: yeah six but still crazy um we also got to see cindy too we
1: saw cindy and lee henry like what a bonus
0: that was an interesting cindy scene like at first i was like holy shit they actually went there with like her when herman's like yelling at her i was like oh my god they they actually went there um But I do love how with all of that, like when Herman was yelling at Cindy, like I do love when they show that cases don't get really, you know, wrapped up nice and in a nice neat bow, like once they finish with them all the time and that they really can't affect them like long after like, or the firefighters like long after they're done. Like I did really like seeing that side to this case.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um,
0: Also, just going back to the case for a second, like, never drag race with a fire truck. Like, never.
1: Who decides that it's a good idea to do that? Who even, like, I mean, then the whole thing was that, like, this this car was, like, riding in the fire engine's wake so that he could basically bypass traffic. Who does that?
0: I'm saying don't go drag racing with a fire truck.
1: People actually do that? That's, like, insane. I hear sirens and I, like... I turn everything off and I'm like, where are they coming from? Right. And I like assess where I'm at in relation to, you know, said vehicle. I would never do that. Right.
0: I even hear it in my apartment and I'm just like, huh? Like, where are the fire trucks? Yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. So um, pro tip. I think the I think the rule is that like as long as you're on the right of the vehicle, you're good. I learned that on TV somewhere when I was younger and Wait, I'm what? just always like yeah, apparently the apparently like standard procedure is that you want to be on the right of the emergency vehicle. Like, so if there's one coming up behind you, like don't don't get into the left lane, get into the right lane. Oh
0: yeah, well you're supposed to drive in the right lane anyway. So or supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense.
1: Whatever. Again, I have a lot of random information in my head. Whatever. <laughs> that might not be so random, but. Yeah, Engine 51 got a chance to shine. It was perfect. I liked it a lot. Uh, did you see the video Daniel Kyrie posted, like, just goofing off on set? And he was like, it was like a dramatic drop to knees. And he's like, Herman! Yes, like, so good. So funny. So good. And Derek had tweeted in the middle of the episode that the other three guys on Engine, they're all CFD firefighters.
0: Yes, I think that's so cool.
1: That is so cool. Yeah. So. That's awesome. Yeah, but... Herman, man, just we got a good reminder in this episode that he has the biggest heart of anybody on that show.
0: He really does, though.
1: Yeah. was so good. Um, yeah, I mean, he did yell at Lee Henry, but like, you know, obviously he was just kind of projecting. But I did love what he said at the end when he was like, you know, I love you and I'm always going to worry about you.
0: Yeah. Such a great scene.
1: It was a great scene, yeah. And then even when, like, Cindy found out when she went to the firehouse and, like, it just, it wrapped itself up. It resolved itself really nicely. Just Herman. Big heart.
0: God, I love a good Herman storyline.
1: I love Herman. Just protect Herman at all costs. But actually, though. For real. He's so good in the lieutenant role now. Like, oh, I love it.
0: Just thankful, knock like wood, that I'm glad we haven't stabbed Herman <laughs> very recently.
1: I'm knocking on wood right now. I keep thinking to myself, what's her
0: Herman? Herman? <laughs> the best piece of content I got out of that weekend? Best piece of content.
1: <laughs> yeah, we haven't stabbed Herman in a long time, so that's good. <laughs> I feel like we shouldn't have said that out loud and put that into the universe.
0: Uh, as I said, knock on wood.
1: Knock on wood. I did. I did just knock on wood. So protect Herman at all costs. Yes. He is a precious bean. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you laughing at me? Because I called him a bean and I'm old and I shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, I know. I'm old. So, elsewhere. Um, Stalker McDoctor serviced. Yeah. Do you want to take us through Stalker McDoctor? Yeah. You it, the phrase? It's just
0: like... It was a lot. It was extra.
1: It was, it was extra. It was just
0: a lot. I mean, he basically... Keep showing up, you know. He showed up at Molly's at the end of last week's episode. He shows up to the firehouse, like, wants to keep constantly taking out Foster, even though she said no. And I mean, she even straight up tells him, she's like, just so we're clear, I don't find any of this romantic or cute. Key word or key fact no one would. For, no, yes, no no girl would. Nobody would. Nobody would. And
1: good for her for laying it out nice and clearly. Yeah.
0: But I, the thing that I loved the most about this storyline was just. 51 is a family, and I love that we've always known it, but they know it, and they're using it, in this case, to their advantage. I mean, because even Brett, like Brett says, even though it was technically about, like, the polar plunge, you know, Brett says, like, being a part of 51 goes beyond, like, what we do in calls. Like, we show up for everyone on shift and off, and I love that.
1: It's totally them in a nutshell.
0: It really is. But the thing I also love, too – was Bowden like, I love the fact that Bowden takes everyone at their word until they, like, give him a reason to not believe otherwise. Yes. And so, I mean, she says, you know, she's like, I really don't have any proof, I mean, besides the fact that, like, I know what happened and I was there. Bowden's like, yeah, like, I believe you. And, like, he says, you know, like, I may not have authority over your licensing, but I'm also not going to let you be the target of harassment. Just, like, Bowden for the fucking win.
1: That is a leader. That is a leader. Yeah. Right there.
0: Yeah. And even when his call, like, you know, he took meetings, he made calls, like, and that didn't work. He still showed the fuck up and brought the rest of 51 when she, when Emily finally went and said something to stalker McDoctor.
1: Oh, my God. So when she dragged him in the hospital, that was great. But outside, when he, like, he came back to them and, you know, Brett tried to step in. That image of squad three, like, rolling in behind her, I was like, oh, it's going down.
0: Yes. (laughs) And when they're all just, like, standing there behind her with their arms crossed like this, I was just like, oh, my God. You don't mess with the paramedics. Like. The
1: squad goals. Literal squad goals. goals.
0: Literal squad goals.
1: I want like a cavalry of fire trucks to roll up behind me when I'm trying to make a point <laughs> and then just stand there yes. with their arms folded and be like, Yeah, mess with our girl. Do it.
0: Yeah. But yeah. So good. And then, like you said, Foster fucking dragged Dr. McDoctor's ass in the hospital and it was so good.
1: Okay. So, yeah, Foster did and it was amazing. That second call, though, I, this is another one of those, how did that happen? Where like the guy was frozen in the bathtub. Why would you open all of your windows during the polar vortex?
0: Cause people be cry, Gina. I feel
1: like I'm like thinking way too much into these rescues, but I'm always like, how do you people get yourselves into these situations? Yeah.
0: I I don't know. I watched that call like two or three times, and I still don't know. Like, yeah.
1: I mean, he that's one we'll drunk have to. And somehow. Tr-
0: Ask Derek. Yeah, we're de- I was gonna let you finish, but yeah, <laughs> he,
1: he probably read about it somewhere in Russia. Probably and, like got inspired. Uh, speaking of you know, cold bathtubs and like opening all your window or opening all your windows. Um, they did the polar plunge. That was kind of the comedy runner in this episode,
0: and it was perfect. It was just so damn funny. But my favorite thing though, besides like the plunge itself, which I loved especially with Bowdoin and his cigar in his mouth for the plunge. That was even – that was great. But my favorite scene, though, was when they were taking the cold showers, like, to prepare for it. Um, And Tony walks in and is, like, with his towel around his waist and then, like, sees what they're doing and hears them screaming and then, like, literally walks right back out. That was, like, the best scene. (laughs) So perfect. Like, Tony didn't even say anything. He just, like, hears them screaming and then walks right back out. I was like, oh, yes.
1: (laughs) Like, only Cruz and Otis and all of them, only they would do that and be like, we're conditioning our bodies. Like, we're going to go stand in the cold. My
0: favorite thing, though, was the tweet that, I don't remember who tweeted it, because you had, like, quote tweeted it. But then someone was like, why is Cruz shampooing his head? And I was like. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes, <laughs> I like, was Cruz shampooing his head. Like, why?
1: That was so Oh, funny. that's so funny.
0: <laughs> also, we got a freaking Molly scene with characters from all three shows out of this storyline. So, the storyline will forever been, be my favorite.
1: It has been too long since we've got a scene with characters from all three shows at Molly's.
0: Literally too long. I can't have we had one this season?
1: I I really don't know. So, can we have that version of Connor on med, the I'm not working and I'm actually a nice guy version?
0: Okay, Connor's been okay recently ish. But, yes, I would love this fire's version of Connor.
1: Yeah, like, the, the, the fire version of Connor where he's chill as can be and just, like, shooting the shit with everybody. I like that, Connor. Can we have that, Connor?
0: Yeah, please.
1: Please? And, like, Connor was, you know, talking medicine but not sounding like a dick. He was like, guys, like, you can't condition yourself for this. Like, that's not how this works. <laughs> so funny. So funny. I know. And even Burgess was like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Like – yeah that was a really good comedy runner that they did like this was one of my more favorite ones like I I felt like really good coming out of that episode I was just like that was funny yeah like, my, my 51 people I love you so much yeah
0: one like I said especially like at the polar plunge my favorite part was just Bowden with the cigar in his mouth the whole time it was just so funny I don't know why I think that's so funny but I really found that funny
1: yeah, them dressed up was funny. I loved the picture Joe Minoso tweeted of like him and Yuri and Kara and it looked like they were like old timey something or others, but like they put it in black and white to make it look like super old timey and funny. I thought that was funny. I don't know. And then like, I, there was something on Twitter, somebody had tweeted, I don't remember, I tweeted something from my account, just like in response to something about the uh, polar plunge. And I had said I was like, you know, like, Rana has said in the past that she would never do it, but I feel like if Firehouse 51 invited us, like, things would be different?
0: Maybe. I don't know.
1: I feel like if Casey and Severide were like, come do the polar plunge with us, we'd be like, okay.
0: Like, cool. Maybe.
1: <laughs> Maybe.
0: Um, so one other random note on fire that I didn't really know where to put it, so I just put it here. Um, not as spe- Not specifically about the episode, though. Um, we had had an email question from Allison, and she said, in the videos of Tony and Randy giving advice tonight, or tonight being Wednesday night, did you see Gary Cole in the background? It looks like Grissom is coming back. I haven't gotten I did not. I, I meant to go back and watch the Tony and Randy giving advice, because I really just want to go see Tony and Randy giving advice, because, like, I'm sure it's great. But no, I haven't seen them, so I haven't gotten a chance to see if Gary Cole's in the background. But apparently Gary Cole's in the background of one of them.
1: I know. I got to find these now. Uh, and they've been pretty funny. They had a video asking who did the better Mouch impression. And I think Tony's was better.
0: Yeah, it I haven't funny. gotten to watch any of them, so.
1: These are all tweets from the show. I'm, I'm scrolling through now to see where Gary – Yeah, we haven't seen Gary Cole at all this season. Yeah. Not that I'm complaining.
0: When in Derek – Derek, Didn't Derek say in like a Q&A or something that he was going to come back? So I think we knew he was going to. It was just a matter of when
1: but yeah that was a really funny set of videos that they did there was one where they asked like what's your favorite ariana grande song and randy's like um i think it's the last one she did yeah that's a good one like not even knowing any ariana grande song wait
0: weren't they supposed to give like advice or are they actually just answering questions both okay
1: both and it was
0: pretty funny i love when they do these things
1: yeah they're so goofy yeah
0: but yeah i haven't gotten to watch them yet but i'm going to go back and watch them was good.
1: Any other notes on fire?
0: Nope. I think that's it.
1: All right. It is time to get into PD.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. This was the most impactful episode of PD to date.
0: Correct? 100% agree. And I almost argue this was probably the most ing- Engaged, I've been in a PD episode like from start to finish in a long time. Yeah. But definitely the most powerful episode PD's ever done.
1: Oh, hands down, the most powerful. We were fortunate enough to see this episode early. And I mean it's been sticking in our brains for the past week of just we've been talking about it and we've just been like, oh my god. Like they did that.
0: Yeah. And I think And, and I mean Go ahead, go ahead. I think before we even, like, get into the conversation, I mean, I think we have to have a conversation real quick about, like, how we're approaching this and, like, like the fact that we talked about, like, how we want to approach this. Absolutely. Because we had, a, I mean, we, ha- we had a really long talk about how to approach this part of the episode, especially because we were, for- like Gina said, we were fortunate enough to see this episode early, and we really didn't know what we wanted to do. We didn't know. We felt inadequate as two white women to discuss this episode because fortunately... on the subject matter. Yes, on the subject matter. Because fortunately for us, we have never had to experience something like that. And it's unfortunate that there is a... Part of the population that does have to go through this and experience this. But we just felt inadequate. And that we weren't solely the right people for the job to discuss this. And so we talked about a lot of different options. We talked about if we could try to get someone from the show on. And that just unfortunately didn't work out. We talked about trying to just have friends that were black males to come on to discuss this episode. And we talked to a bunch of friends who were in podcasting and in, you know, in that love TV and whatever. And like, I think the conclusion we just came with and that we were kind of the best advice we got was just like, own the fact that we can't speak from experience and that we don't know and that we are coming from a place of privilege. And that, you know, that is our reality and that that's what we're speaking from. So Just a disclaimer, like, that is where we're coming from. We just want to be, like, open and honest that, like, we're not trying to say that we know what this is like because we don't. But we're trying to speak to what this episode meant to us and made us feel as white women because that's all we can do. It is all we can do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, this is us just trying to be as transparent as possible in discussing this episode because – it definitely evoked feelings and emotions in both of us. It's just that, you know, like Brenda said, we 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 know that we know that we're very ill equipped to speak to the subject matter. All we can talk about is the effect that it had on us personally. Yeah, just know that basically, in this discussion, every word we're saying is very carefully thought out, very carefully chosen. And we're just going to discuss this In a very open and honest way Yep So I mean We've really just got to skip right to the scene itself Right? Yeah
0: the first part is not As important
1: It's more set up
0: The yeah. first like 20 minutes yeah. is like set up Yeah mm-hmm.
1: So I, I just I You know the scene was amping up and it was escalating And escalating and I just kind of felt that tension but the moment that the gun went off like I felt sick like just there was just a pit in my stomach where I was like oh god that happened
0: yeah and, I mean even beforehand like when the amp- and when the lead up to that moment I mean everything was like that was coming out was like so fucking problematic I mean the white cop I don't remember which one not that that's important but, you know, he's like, two brothers visiting Nadego? Like, that doesn't ring true, homie. And I was just like, oh, my God. This is so, like, yeah. literally everything that is coming out of this guy's mouth is problematic. I was like, dear Lord. But, like, as the scene kept going on, I was like, I didn't think, I didn't know what was going to happen. I thought it was going to be something bad. And obviously, once you see the fact that, like, two white cops pull over two black males in a car when they didn't even do anything, I was like, okay, clearly they're going with something here. I don't think I knew they were going to go as far as having the white cop shoot Daryl. But, like, they went there. They did. And, like you said, it... it, Like, the moment the gun went off and the moment you see Daryl fall to the ground, I was like, oh, my God. And, like, you, you feel it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. You know, them being stopped initially... I was just like, okay, this is just an obstacle on their way to do the buy. It's just a hiccup. You know, there's not going to be crazy ramifications of this. But the minute Doyle started talking, everything out of his mouth was to provoke them.
0: Yeah. I mean, even when, you know, he's like, he says, you know, like, make sure you write him up good. Like, he was belligerent and disorderly. And it's just like, oh, my gosh. And I thought for sure... In that moment, they were going to blow Kev's cover and, like, say something. Or that he was going to blow it. Like, that was kind of also surprising, too, that, like, Kev went so far. I mean, granted, I mean, we'll get into that part of, like, because that kind of comes into play later on. But, like, that Kev continued to, like, keep his cover. Or that they didn't figure out that, like, he was a cop or whatever. Like, I was just surprised by that.
1: Yeah, I was surprised by that as well, especially given the way that it just kept escalating. If Voight had decided to intervene sooner, Daryl might still be here. And I'm not pinning that. I'm not pinning Daryl's murder on Voight. Clearly, Doyle is the one who instigated this because it was a simple traffic stop until Doyle started calling them boys and making racial remarks and ordering them out of the car and, you know, suspecting them of the robbery. Yeah. And something Kevin kept saying was that it should have never gotten to that point. And it should have never gotten to that point.
0: Yeah. I think the moment that like really stuck with me or the line that's like kev says right after that is you know like all i know is that those punks murdered daryl like damn near shot me too over nothing except driving while being black and i was just like yeah
1: yeah that is horrible to me that there's a portion of our population that deals with that that you know simply driving could get them killed Yeah. At the hands of the police who, you know, you're taught from birth are the good guys.
0: Yeah. And I think, I mean, we'll talk about that a little bit more too when we get to the Kevin and Voight scene at the very end. Because that that idea plays into that. But yeah, that's what you're innately taught. But it's not always the case, unfortunately.
1: It's shocking. I, I mean you hear about these types of things on the news and you know, you're just like, that sucks, you know, but to see it, the way they portrayed it was shocking.
0: Yeah. Like I said, I wasn't, I wasn't shocked by like what happened. I was shocked that they actually went there. I don't know what I thought this episode was going to be about. I knew it was obviously going to be about some racial tension. Um, but I didn't realize they were gonna go there, and I thought I thought that they did a good job. I mean, again, I've never been in this situation. I don't know anyone who's ever been in this situation, so I don't really know if that's actually what it's like. From my point of view, it seems like they did a good job in covering a bunch of different sides, which we're gonna get into, and you know, showing what it's like. At least from what I've seen on you know those like videos of body cam footage that get posted on like Twitter and stuff like that, but. You know, I don't really know. I can't say that like they did do a good job because I don't know.
1: Because we don't know what that kind of situation is really like, and we probably never will.
0: Yeah. Well, we don't know anyone who's even been through that to ask them. I mean, right. Fortunately, that we don't know anyone. But yeah. So let's talk about because I think it brings you know there's a lot there's like three different Kevin's feeling pressure from all sides. So, the you know, Daryl ends up dying. Kev, it's now up to Kev to, you know, Kev was the only one who was there. You know, Kev has to make statements and they, you know, IED is going to want know what happens, all that stuff. And obviously Kev said, well, I want to watch the video, but, you know, and then I can, like, help kind of piece together what I actually witnessed. But he's feeling pressure from, like, three different people and they all kind of have very different point of views on like what Kevin should do and like was Kevin actually at fault. So there's Kelton who thinks Kev should have stopped the situation before it even got started and that Kev, even though Kev was undercover, like it, you know, he's a cop first and foremost and that he could have prevented the situation and that like, at the end of the day, they still could have arrested Daryl and he would you know, the wouldn't have mattered that he blew his cover, but, you know, he could have stopped it. I mean, Kelton even says, like, a smart cop is supposed to make sure a guy doesn't get shot. That's what a smart cop's supposed to do.
1: Yeah, but he's a smart cop who, you know, has, you know, he, he, he trusts Voight. And so if Voight's telling him to keep going and not to stand down, he's not going to stand down. He's going to maintain his cover. Right. Again, that seems like I'm blaming it on Voight, but, I mean, it's just a shitty situation all around. I feel like the only person to blame is Doyle.
0: Oh, yes, for sure. I mean, the only person to blame is Doyle, because Doyle is the one that pulled the trigger. And Doyle is the one that brought the situation on in the first place. I think, I don't necessarily, I mean, obviously, I definitely don't blame Kevin, and I don't blame Voight either, My And I wouldn't say that necessarily, like, a smart cop is to make sure a guy doesn't get shot. I do wonder, though, like, even maybe beyond the fact of, like, the racial... Like, if this was, like, black cops and, like, you know, like, black guys getting arrested or whatever. Like, guys of all the same race. So, like, race wasn't an issue. Like, if that situation was happening, like, what is a cop supposed to do? Like, are they supposed to blow cover and be like, yo... You can't actually arrest me. I'm actually a cop. Like, I'm undercover. Or do they just, I'm assuming they just play it safe like Kevin d- did, right?
1: I would like to think so. I mean, I would think it was a judgment call at that point. But no part of Kevin ever thought that that traffic stop was going to end in Daryl losing his life.
0: Right. Yeah, no, for sure. But so. Then we've got the Voight situation, and Voight kind of rides in the middle, but it definitely is leaning more towards the Kelton Doyle side of it a little bit, because Voight says...
1: Which really surprised me.
0: Yeah. So Voight, so Kevin comes out of his like first round of interrogation or whatever, and he and Voight have our conversation, and That's where Kevin says, like, yeah, like, I wanted to see the footage first before I actually make, like, any official statement. And Voight says, you know, something like, he says, like, I'm not ready to accuse a cop, one of our own, until I know all the facts.
1: He usually takes intelligence members, he usually takes them at their word. And so I was really surprised that he was even remotely concerned with public image in this case. I thought for sure he'd be like... What Kevin says goes. Let's roll.
0: I think, again, this is not, like, necessarily sticking out for Voight. But I think Voight has always been one to be – he's not been one to be concerned for public image, but he does care about fellow cops. Yeah. And, he, you know, he even then later on in that scene says, like, I'll tell you what, Gerald, definitely one of us, like – This is a stone cold criminal. Like, yeah, Voight's upset that, like, maybe he he shouldn't have died, especially not in that way, but, like, it doesn't really matter because he stopped doing, what was he, selling drugs or whatever? Heroin? Yeah. Like, he stopped, we, like, took him off the street, so it doesn't matter. That's Voight's perspective. Voight's like, yeah, it sucks, and obviously that, like, this situation is terrible, but we got him off the street, so that's all that matters. Like, my goal was accomplished. But like I said, Boy- do you think? Go ahead.
1: Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, do you think that this might be a bit of a double standard from the last episode to this one? Because remember with Matthew Garrison, when he turned up dead, Voight basically told whatever suspect he was like, it's kind of like you did a community service. Meanwhile here, he's like, no, he was a criminal. Like he was straight up a criminal. And Atwater kind of pointed out like he was not a criminal when he died.
0: Right yeah well that's what I'm saying that's why I'm saying is like Voight definitely like in this moment like Voight doesn't necessarily care about public image but he does care about cops yeah but yeah it's definitely I think a little bit of a double standard for sure and I, I mean I definitely agree like yeah should he have been arrested and gone to jail for however many years for the crime like of course he should have he was doing terrible things did he deserve to lose his life for no reason no
1: Absolutely right. not. Right, it's it's almost like Voight is okay with these two people being murdered. He He's, yeah, I think it just kind of shows the differences in, you know, Hank's code versus Kevin's code.
0: For sure. But again, Voight can't relate to Kevin in this moment.
1: Absolutely not, no.
0: So I think that plays a part of it too.
1: Yeah, I was just very surprised by Voight in this episode kind of playing more so on the side of public image. But like you said, it was maybe he was playing more so on the side of, you know, backing a fellow cop. That's
0: what I think. I think it was more backing a fellow cop rather than public image. I I think Kelton was public image. I think Voight was cops. And then Alderman Price. I mean, Alderman Price is just, you know.
1: Alderman Price is kind of public image, too, though, because he's using it as leverage to bolster
0: his campaign. He is, but it's a very different kind of public image. It's public image on the other side, for for the other side. Yeah. So Alderman Price wanted Kevin to, depending on what Kevin saw, if Kevin saw that, you know, it was a terrible shot, then to say the truth that it was a terrible shot, but if he thought it was a good shot based on the video then to lie and say that it was a terrible shot because um, like Alderman Price said, you know he told Kevin, your statement will carry a lot of weight will add a lot of importance to context to a complicated situation which is true, and I agree with that what Kevin said was important and you know, would have added a lot of context to a complicated situation cuz Kevin was the only one who was actually there. Right. But what Alderman Price asked him to do was he said he was like I'm asked you to be I'm asking you to be strong, to do what's necessary to punish these racist punks who killed one of our own for no reason. And he's even he even like tries to guilt trip Kevin into it. He says, "This isn't about you, Kevin, anymore Kevin. This is about the future of Chicago."
1: Which it both is and isn't. Right. You know, it is in that it's about bringing these two racist cops to justice. You know, it is sort of about the city of Chicago in that, you know, you want to get that sort of corruption off the streets. You want to get that way of thinking off the streets that it's, you know, Doyle and his partner should not wear the blue if that's how they're going to treat people.
0: Right. But you also, not, again, not that I believe that this was what happened in this case, but like you also can't go punish someone if they didn't technically do anything wrong.
1: Which is exactly what Doyle did.
0: Right, but I'm saying you can't punish Doyle. If Doyle took a good shot and had good reason for taking the shot, you can't punish Doyle for that.
1: No, which, you know, we later we later see the video. Yeah. Which, you know, dispels that. But, you know, it it both is and is not about Chicago. It is for the reasons I just stated. It is not because it's not in the way that Price was saying it. Price was saying that it's about Chicago and that it's a way to bolster his public image. It's a way to, you know, get him elected mayor. It's a way to it's it's a way to have the
0: quote unquote good guys run things.
1: Yeah, he's using it as leverage to make himself look good. Yeah. So it's not about Chicago in that
0: aspect. Right. Yeah. It's interesting. For sure. And then there's Kevin's whole opinion and what Kevin thinks. And, you know, at first, like, Kevin feels guilty for what happened. Like, it's all his fault. Um, and like you said, we had talked about the fact that like, Kevin definitely believes, like, yeah, like I said, like, it. if he got arrested and for whatever had anything to do with, like, drug-related things, fine. You know, bad guy. Whatever. But, Kevin, like, Kevin said, like, he wasn't, Daryl wasn't a criminal when he was shot, and, like, that's the point. Right. And it all comes down to that. Um, right. And then, I mean, Kevin even, so how much had saying, you know, t- people telling him that, like, he's worse than the cop that pulled the trigger. Which I just... Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. rough.
1: And there was also that moment, too, when they finally get Gamble that, you know, he's just kind of standing there taking it all in. And Antonio's like, hey, good work. And Kevin's just kind of like, yeah, we got him. That's all that matters, right? That we got him. And there was a tinge of not like sarcasm, but he was just kind of trying to repeat it as a mantra to like make himself believe like that's all that matters is we got the job done. Yeah. (sighs) <sighs> I think that Water scene that we got though was vital. It was very important to include that in. Agreed.
0: I mean first of all I mean kind of a note. note. Like, I mean I just love that like it was out, out of all the people that could have come and checked on Kev like I love that it was Adam.
1: Yeah like the only other person it could have been that would have been awesome would have been Burgess.
0: Yeah but especially just the way that they've been playing <laughs> up the Rusewater friendship over the past like season and a half whatever like i love that it was adam it was perfect yeah but i mean i completely perfect like i really just like i love what adam said and i'm just gonna say to adam you know adam they're having a conversation about like what kev's gonna do and what kev's gonna say and adam you know says like you know because kev says like what should i do or something along those lines and adam's like you know it's tough to say like because i'm white no matter how hard I try or how badly I want to understand what you've just experienced, I can't. And I never will. But I got your back always. And either way, I got your back. Whatever you decide to do.
1: And To which Kevin responded with, that's love.
0: Yeah. Because it is love.
1: Yeah. I mean, and it's, you know, it's like we were saying before we started discussing this episode, you know, we'll never understand what. Kevin went through. No. It's just... But, you know, all we can do is just kind of sit here and discuss it and recognize that this kind of behavior is disgusting and it can't keep happening. It's horrible. Yeah.
0: And then we had another really... I think this... I don't want to use the word favorite because that just feel like the wrong word here but i feel like in a ways this was almost the more eye-opening conversation the conversation between Kevin and Voight and something i didn't see them necessarily going there like having this part when they're talking about like what the job of the cop is Because Voight, they're talking about, you know, Kev is getting ready to go tell a statement and they're having this conversation. And Voight says, you know, keep in mind you're a cop. That's what you get paid for not to change the world. Basically trying to tell him that, like, don't say what Alderman Price tells you, like. And Kev says, you know, like, I thought that's what we were supposed to do, like, make the world better. And then Voight says, remember, this is Chicago. It's not easy to be an idealist.
1: That's true of anything on this world though you know it's not easy to be an idealist in any situation in any job
0: right but i mean kind of going back to our conversation earlier like you're kind of taught and like kevin still believed it up until this point like you're taught that cops are good people and that the job is to make the world better make the world safer and do all of that stuff and yes to an extent that is true yeah but that's not their that's not the job. The job is, like Voight said, the job is not to change the world. No. And yeah, yeah, no, it's unfortunate that it took Kevin up until this point to realize it, and that I mean, this episode literally changed Kevin. Absolutely, literally changed Kevin.
1: I think this kind of you know, definitely shattered the illusion of being able to change the world because I feel like Kevin's always kind of had that idea in mind to make the world better, and I think he finally realized, like, in this one, like, oh, God, no, can't do that. There's too much.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think there's been a moment like that, and not necessarily saying that they're going to take on Voight's tactics because I don't think everyone's on Voight's side, but everyone has had a moment that's changed them and that's made them see being a cop in a different light. And Kev was kind of the last one of intelligence to not have had that. I mean, we thought for a moment that he had that – oh, God, what's the – it must have been last season because we talked about it on the podcast. When he – he and Voight had that conversation in an alley when Kevin had, like, cornered some guy. I don't remember what the guy did, though. Do you know what I'm talking about?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was the one who had – threatened Vanessa or something it was the one where like Jordan ended up yeah. not snitching but Jordan informed right
0: yeah yeah, yeah. I just yeah. any Kevin ended up cornering the guy and like had his head down to the cement and Voight said something to him and whatever and we thought that was the episode that changed him but I really think this is yeah for sure yeah and so the end of this storyline um and cap decides that you know he's not gonna listen you know he's gonna do what he feels is right and tell his truth and what his truth was that yes obviously the guys shouldn't have arrested him they shouldn't have done anything but daryl did lunge at them a little bit and so the guy had a reason to make a shot and the shot was a good clean shot And we actually had a question from Emily who said, did Kev do the right thing saying it was a good shot? I mean, if that's what Kevin believes and that's what Kevin saw in the video, then yeah, Kevin did the right thing.
1: I think if you're looking at the facts, if you're just straight up looking at the facts, keeping emotion out of it, you know, we saw Daryl lunge for the gun. I think when he says it was a good shoot, he means that it was by the book. Right.
0: Right. not that he believes that it was right but that it was by the book right. like the guy had a reason to feel like he needed to pull his trigger
1: yeah and going back to the conversation with Ruzik is that you know you see him lunch for the gun but it, Kevin points it out to Adam he's like what you don't see or, what you don't hear is what this jackass is saying
0: it's a problem with body cam footage yeah, yeah. it's unfortunate yeah And so, he goes and tells Doyle this. He finds Doyle at the bar and tells him this. And then he ends up taking Doyle out back and starts punching him.
1: Hey, hey. I mean. And
0: Kevin says, you know, you put a gun to my head. You may not go down for that murder, but I will get your badge one way or the other. At first, yep. I will be honest, I didn't really know how I felt about this scene. I was kind of like, what's the point? Like, why is Kevin punching him? Um, I'm okay with it now. I still don't really know why I'm okay with it now. And, like, I'll be honest, like, I don't really know why I'm okay with it. But I've definitely, after having seen it a couple times, like, I don't feel as, like, what the fuck about it as I did when I first watched it. But I definitely didn't get it at first.
1: Well, I think I'm okay with it because it almost gives you a sense of hope that, you know, no, you can't necessarily change the world. No, you can't necessarily be an idealist in Chicago. However, this guy might face justice. He might be brought to justice after all. You know, Kevin even says he's like, I will get your badge one way or another. And I mean, if you're looking for evidence that Kevin was completely changed by this episode, it's in that last scene. We've never seen Kevin do that. I feel like we've never seen Kevin punch somebody in six seasons.
0: Right. My only. Maybe this is what I'm feeling. I just like. Violence doesn't. Beat violence like you can't counteract violence with more violence because that doesn't do any good so I agree with the like we've never seen Kevin as fired up and like I would like to see him get justice and get this guy's badge whatever that may be I think maybe the reason I didn't like the punching at first was because I was like like what is that like honestly what good is that going to do anything but I'm, I like I'm okay know. with it now. But like at first, I was I like I said, I honestly was just kind of like, what, the, like why? Right. I like I think it almost could have kind of been more powerful if the if Kevin stopped himself from beating up the guy and then said what he the line.
1: Uh, yeah, I get it. I mean, I but I like I'm, I said, I'm, I'm okay with it now.
0: I just like at first yeah. I was kind of like, okay, like I almost feel like him punching the guy like took something away from it um Mm -hmm. but
1: see and i i disagree i think it added something because like you know i was saying you've we've never seen kevin like this before for kevin to get to that point it's big right
0: big um so there's just a couple other things that kind of didn't necessarily fit any of the points we were talking about but relate to the storyline um, Haley just made a comment. She said, "I really love the simplicity of LaRoyce and his delivery of certain lines. It never feels like he's doing too much in a scene, and the way he says important lines so matter-of-factly and not in a super dramatic way makes the scene feel so much more important. And you really think about what he's saying versus get caught up in the emotions." But all I agree, LaRoyce nailed this episode.
1: He's such a good actor.
0: And somebody had pointed out on Twitter just like the combination of LaRoyce and directing. Eric, oh, and Eric's out. Eric LaSalle directing is just, like, the best combination.
1: It really is.
0: It it, it, it really works is. so well for the show. It Something about whatever it is, like, it, it works so well. I feel
1: like Eric has directed all of the Outwater-centric episodes, if I remember correctly. I know he directed the one of the church
0: when he gets kidnapped. Yeah, I think he has. At least in... Th- LaSalle came on but we also weren't really getting outward or, cent- or centric episodes before LaSalle came on so
1: no, that's true it's true yeah but Lorace is such a good actor and he absolutely crushed this episode and I'd, I'd really love to ask him about what it, was, what it was like to film this episode
0: yeah Um, we had a question from Emily Perkins well two questions and we'll kind of end it here um, what is your take on Pierce running for mayor?
1: I'm excited. I had just said it in our last episode. I was like, I really would love to see Pierce go head-to-head with Keldon.
0: Do we think that, I mean, I guess we don't know. I don't know if he's scheduled to come back. I would assume if he's running for mayor that he will. Um, And I think this mayor race is like kind of set up like the whole back half of the season. But yeah, I mean, I do really love Wendell Pierce, so I'm okay with it.
1: Yeah. I think the question here is, of these three, of Brennan, Kelton, and Price, who, who really is the true villain,
0: you know? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and then she also just asked, like, what are our thoughts about the promo next week? Um, yeah, looks intense. It's going to be interesting to see Burgess and Upton and how that all unfolds. And yeah.
1: I really hope. Ruzik runs to Burgess first, but that's just me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Any other notes on PD?
0: Just, again, the most powerful episode we've seen them do so far.
1: Yes, very much so. And, I mean, you guys, you know, we – like we had said earlier, you know, we – We just wanted to have a really open and honest discussion, recognizing that we're not the best people to talk about this issue at all. No. But let's talk about this. You know, if you're hearing us talk about this and saying, like, wait, I don't agree with this or I agree with that, you know, get in touch with us. Email us. Let's talk about it. Yeah. You know, let's iron this out. And if you
0: feel that we didn't do a good job and, like, you feel like there's other areas that we need to be more informed in, tell us that, too. Like, we're okay with taking – criticism is criticism in the fact that like we don't know everything about this clearly like we said and like we both really want to learn more so that we can be the best allies and advocates for this that we can yes
1: yes so as always you guys know where to find us seriously like we're everywhere facebook twitter instagram tumblr you guys email us please email us when we say reach out i mean that's the best place to get us is via email it's meet us at mollies at gmail.com um our social media it's meet us at everywhere you know instagram facebook twitter tumblr um we have a website meet us at mollies.com. we're gonna get better about updating that um yeah a if you like the show, please feel free to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. We would love that. Follow us individually on Twitter. I am at Gina Watches TV. Bryna.
0: I am at Bryna K 13.
1: And yeah, it was a very heavy week in Chicago Land, And, you know, we just kind of hope we covered it the best we could.
0: Oh, uh, tell them the plan for but- the next two weeks.
1: The Next two weeks, we've got stuff happening. So, next week is Valentine's Day. We will be releasing our episode the following Monday. So, if the no, hold so on, the, I'll Thursday tell you, is the 14th, the 18th, 18th President's 18th, right? Day. Okay, so our recaps of episodes 14 will be on Monday, the 18th, and then the next weekend, we will release that episode on Monday, the 24th. So, the next Monday, two the 25th, weeks are be Monday. 25th I was close um so the next two weeks are going to be Monday releases we're sorry guys real life it just does that sometimes but yeah um it's about all we've got you know you guys take care have a good weekend and we will talk to you later bye